Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Hello, I am Dr. Adam DeFault, Superintendent of Catholic Schools for the Diocese of Columbus. And this is Becoming Saints, the podcast for our Catholic schools. Today is our very first episode of the first ever podcast focused on education in our diocese. Our podcast's name, Becoming Saints, comes from a beautiful statement and a powerful reminder from Pope Benedict XVI, who said, A good Catholic school, over and above this, should help all its students to become saints. And indeed, that is the mission and purpose of our 52 Catholic schools as we strive to fulfill the teaching mission given to us by Jesus. We are recording today from the new Our Lady Star of the New Evangelization studio at the Diocese of Columbus. For our first show, we went right to the top and are thrilled to welcome Bishop Earl Fernandez, the Bishop of the Diocese of Columbus, to the show. Bishop Fernandez was ordained and installed as the Bishop of Columbus back on May 31st and is now heading into the start of his first school year in our diocese. Welcome, Bishop, and would you please open us in prayer? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Good and gracious God, we give you praise and thanks for this day. We thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ, our teacher par excellence. We thank you for the Holy Spirit who leads us and guides us, who teaches us docility and helps us to grow in the virtues. Pour out that same spirit of blessing upon our time together, that we might glorify you by word and work, and that our young people who are beginning a new school year might grow in wisdom, age, and grace before you and before all men and women. We ask this in all things, through Christ our Lord. Amen. 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 Father and the Son, Son, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Thank you very much, Bishop, and thank you for joining me today to talk about education in the diocese. Very happy to be here. So education, I know, is a particular area of passion for you. I've heard you speak about it many times. You spoke with our new teachers a couple weeks ago and just had a beautiful message for them. You've been a Catholic school student yourself. You've served as the pastor of the largest parochial elementary school in Ohio. Can you talk a little bit about the importance of Catholic education to you in your life? Well, I must admit, my mother was a Catholic elementary school teacher in India. And so when she got married, she gave up teaching, but she never really gave up teaching because she taught us at home by word and example. But she also taught us at home in the sense that we would go to the zoo, and then we'd come back and have to write essays on the animals we saw at the zoo. We learned our English from the uh, English, uh, the Ren and Martin's English Grammar for English High School students when we were children, before we started kindergarten. So my mother strongly emphasized education, and part of that was the result of my parents' experience as an immigrant. When as immigrants, when uh, my oldest brother encountered some prejudice at the public school, the Catholic school opened its doors uh, to uh, my family. Even though we were a poor immigrant family and couldn't afford to pay, the priest said, doesn't matter to my father, your son can come to our school, he's a child of God. And so that started a a whole series of uh, opportunities uh, for our family. Uh, from that moment, then my mother learned, look, no one's going to give you anything in this country. You boys are going to have to work hard and study hard and pray hard. And we did. 
and we had good parents who were very attentive to us. But at the same time, the opening of the door to the Catholic school system created a lot of other opportunities. It wasn't just the discipline of the learning environment. I mean, in those days, we still had nuns teaching in the school, but it was also the sense of community that we had within the Catholic school. When I went finished elementary school, I was taught by the Oblates of St. Francis de Sales. And so we had priests and brothers teaching in our Catholic schools, and it gave me the idea that maybe I could be a priest, maybe I could be a religious brother, and it seemed perfectly normal to consider it. But we also had a lot of opportunities uh, in the Catholic high schools for sports, extracurricular activities. I was on the school's debate team, for example, or on the school yearbook, these types of things that have served me my whole life long. Uh, I I went to a secular university in medical school, but then I was back in Catholic school, so to speak, as uh, as a seminarian. And then when I was ordained a priest, I taught at Layman Catholic High School in Sydney, Ohio. And I saw the difference that a Catholic education can make in young people's lives. This also prompted me to study more about education. When I was a high school teacher, I attended a seminar by a guy, Dr. Tom Lacona, who founded the Center for the Fourth and Fifth R's, which stand for Respect and Responsibility. And he was very interested in virtue formation. There was another guy, an educator, Hal Urban, who wrote about how to create a moral community within the classroom. So so often uh, people get beat down by the negativity uh, in our world today, especially our young people. But I would start out each class with a prayer and then ask the students, who has good news today so they could share something positive? Who would like to affirm another person in the classroom? And then I would pair them off. They had to sit with a different uh, student each day, someone who maybe they weren't very close to, and share something personal about themselves. And the idea was to build a community of trust. And we came up with a covenantal statement of the rules by which we would all abide uh, in the classroom. These are the types of things that happen in our Catholic schools. Later on, when I was a seminary professor uh, and working at the Apostolic Nunciature, I became very much aware of and, and explored in depth the kind of the educational method proposed by Monsignor Luigi Giussani, who founded the lay movement Communion and Liberation, because he said young people, when they're, when they're very young, they need uh, a tradition in which they can grow. And that, I think, is what our Catholic elementary schools provide. They, they provide the basics of the faith so that a child can have a solid foundation in what matters most. But then... He said, you know, when they get to be teenagers, they start to ask questions. The purpose of education is not to give them all the right answers, but to train the mind to think critically. They will have questions. Does this tradition in which I was raised correspond to my heart's desire for truth, for goodness, for beauty, for love? And so they'll have to learn to ask the right questions with respect to that as they explore and discover. Uh, And there's a risk involved because they have to eventually choose to believe Because they could say, no, this tradition doesn't correspond to my heart's desires. But if they explore, then they can say, yes, this does, in fact, resonate with my heart's deepest longings, and I will be a believer. But along the way, they need people to accompany them, authentic witnesses to the faith, authentic witnesses to the tradition. And those would be our parents, but also our teachers. Young people don't like hypocrisy. And so... I think part of the educational method is not only to teach content, but to teach by the very witness of our lives that the content, in fact, is true and good and beautiful. And if you live this faith, you'll find true happiness and joy. And that's really what I think our Catholic schools want to do, to help our students discover their vocation. But ultimately, our vocation is a gift from God. So 
While our Catholic schools provide a great structure, ultimately they're directed toward evangelization and to the encounter with the true and living God. Definitely. They're one of the best tools of evangelization that we have. Absolutely. I mean, I think that's why our Catholic schools exist. They say that the, the Church is the presence of Christ in the human reality. But the Church exists to advance the mission of Christ. And that's why our Catholic schools exist, really, is to advance his mission to help our young people to encounter them. So it's one thing to provide a, a solid private education. It's another, another thing to provide a truly Catholic education in the, in the arts, in music, in literature, in religion, but even in history and science. The Catholic Church has made incredible contributions in all these areas, but our schools exist not to provide education merely for the wealthy, but they exist to evangelize, to bring the good news of salvation to the hearts and minds of our young people. They evangelize at every strata of society, as Pope Paul VI would say. And so, for example, we have non-Catholic students in our school or people from very poor areas who wouldn't otherwise have an opportunity for a good, solid education. Our Catholic schools make that available for them, and, and through that, they experience something of God lo- God's love, and maybe they become Catholic even. But we propose the faith to them in its basic form, including the law to love God and to love our neighbor. And that's evangelization. To tell a child, I won't give up on you. Or to tell a young person, in fact, you are a child of God. You aren't trash. You aren't meant to be thrown away. You can reach greatness. Come on, I'll help you along the way. I'll make some sacrifices of my time so that you can settle not for mediocrity, but you can strive for greatness. That's very well said. I think that's that's exactly the mission. It's why Catholic educators are are in their schools, why they want to do this work. Absolutely. I mean, I think this is one of the things, it's not a secret that sometimes Catholic school teachers don't make as much as their public school counterparts. But our Catholic school teachers make a lot of sacrifices because they believe in the value of Catholic education. It's not just the better teaching environment, but it's also the fact that they see teaching not as a mere job, but as a vocation. They live as, they teach as spiritual leaders in the classroom, and that's what we've been calling them, too. But they live this not as a job, but as a true vocation, as a gift, as an opportunity to help the whole church to evangelize. Many of our Catholic school teachers, this is a concrete way in which they hand on the gift of faith, in which they live and the, their baptismal calling, and that's, that's an enormous help to the priests and deacons. We know that there are not enough priests and deacons or religious any longer in our schools, and so we rely on lay men and women day in, day out. I mean, parents do as well. Parents, of course, are the primary educators of their children in the ways of faith. I can remember my dad coming home from the hospital and sitting down with us and teaching us our catechism, my mom and dad leading us in our family rosary, my mother helping us with our English and our history. She taught those in, uh, in India. Uh, she wasn't very good in math, so she left that to my older brothers. Uh, but we all, we all, you know, my parents took an active role in our education, not just in religion, but in the other subjects. They sat with us, they spent time with us, but that also taught us we're worth spending time with. It was a way for us to be with our parents. My mother and father had five children. All of us needed some attention. But through them, also, we learned something about God's love for us and God's attention toward us. And so I think our Catholic school teachers uh, help our parents. The parents, of course, have their role, 
but the Catholic school teachers say, here I am, Lord, and they're ready to help these parents uh, in the formation of their child, because we can impart knowledge, right, lots of knowledge. We have lots of smart people in the world, but we don't always have virtuous people. St. Bonaventure says that wisdom is knowledge infused with charity, and so in the Catholic school, our teachers help us to educate not only the child's mind, but the child's heart. We want to form the hearts of our children to be attentive to the things of God, to cultivate that religious sense and sensibility within them so that they really grow in faith. So I'm very grateful to our school teachers who make all kinds of sacrifices, hidden sacrifices. You know, sometimes it's people look at it as a, you know, a, a eight o'clock to three o'clock job, but it's not. I mean, it's our, far I've, from it. Yes. Far from it. I've seen our Catholic school principals in their offices and working till 11 o'clock at night. Teachers go home uh, long after the children have gone home. They have um, faculty meetings. They have to grade papers. They bring their work home with them. They think about their lesson plans for the next day. They're thinking about the child who's struggling uh, and how they're going to help them the next day. They're thinking about the child who's doing well and what gifts God has given them, and they're, they're grateful. So, and, I, and I'm grateful for them. Well said. I think that's, um, that's a key point that you're making. It is a vocation. Our teachers have and administrators have the ability to work and live their faith and put those two pieces of their lives together every day. And it's something they can't not do. It's a calling. Exactly. John Paul II said that a vocation is a gift whose purpose is to build up the church and to increase the kingdom of God in the world. And so it's a gift but with every gift there comes a task, but it's a gift whose purpose is to build up the church and to increase the kingdom of God. If our Catholic schools don't do that, then we maybe have failed in our mission. But this is an opportunity, especially with the newly promulgated uh, religious course of study, to really refocus on the mission of evangelization and on building up the church and increasing the kingdom. Excellent. So turning uh, toward the year ahead, as we begin the start of the school year soon here in the diocese, um, this is your first school year with us as bishop. Right now, your calendar, I know, is starting to fill up with school visits and masses and some Friday night football games as well coming up for you. Um, what are you looking forward to? Many things. So coming from the Archdiocese of Cincinnati, Cincinnati has the fifth largest Catholic school system uh, in the United States. So we have something like 44,000 children in Catholic schools. My own parish school had 1,160 children in it. We built a new preschool. That's how committed I am to Catholic education. But parishes come back to life when the children return, yes. so to speak. You see the enthusiasm of youth. You see young people laughing and playing, and, and you see them in their sports, and you see them in, in the classroom, and you see the art, their artistic gifts and all these sorts of things. And it makes you very proud to be a Catholic. You see some of the best of what the church can be. So I'm looking forward to seeing that throughout the diocese of Columbus. Already I've been visiting many parishes. Even the day after I was ordained, I went to uh, St. Catherine's School in Bexley to see the Catechesis of the Good Shepherd, their atria, and to have a tour of the, the school. Uh, I, I was happy to see that there's also the SPICE program there to help students with disabilities, uh, a kind of an inclusion program, which is also happening. So I'm looking forward to seeing sort of some of those things. Of course, Friday night football is kind of an Ohio sort of tradition. I missed it when I was living in Washington, D.C. So to get out to some of the high school football games, not only to watch the young people excel or the cheerleaders cheer or the band play, but also to be with parents and families in those conditions, because it's not just about what we do in the classroom. It's about the wider 
community. I'm also looking forward to getting into the schools in the classroom to see how our Catholic schools are being innovative, to see how our teachers are helping our young people to grow in faith and hope and love. Uh, Catholic education is a very important part of what we do as a diocese uh, because parents go off to work. But we have those children every single day. And the Catholic school is one of our greatest instruments uh, for evangelization. Catholic schools, of course, need funding, and we need to have good facilities, and we need to make them attractive. But above all, we need to make them Catholic. And I, I think one of the things uh, that I'm looking forward to is to seeing how the new, new religion course of study is going to be implemented. A lot of hard work and effort has been put into it. The curriculum is perfectly orthodox in conformity with the catechism, uh, but it also cultivates uh, within the student the idea of putting one's faith into action. We see that in our teachers, but our teachers are going to lead them by example. I'm very excited that we're going to be introducing the theology of the body into the classroom to give our uh, school children uh, a a sense of who the human person is made in God's image and likeness, worthy of care and respect, and how important it is to make a gift uh, of oneself uh, to another, to overcome patterns of selfishness uh, and narcissism within our society. So I'm looking forward to seeing how this new religious course of study is actually implemented. That's, That's a program you have a lot of familiarity with. Certainly, because uh, Ruah Woods Institute was the next uh, exit up from my old parish. But I'm familiar with the curriculum because I was also the theological censor. I have a doctorate in moral theology. I was a theological censor for the entire curriculum, which was written by uh, graduates of the Pontifical John Paul II Institute on Marriage and Family Life, both in Washington, D.C. and at the Lateran University in Rome. Even the artists who worked on the project— uh, were educated there. So they have a real understanding of John Paul II's theology of the body, yet they've uh, translated it in a way that children can understand at age-appropriate levels, but also the teacher's manuals. And they went back, and uh, they've, it's been in practice for a long time now, more than a decade, and so they've even gone back to try to make the materials more teacher-friendly, because sometimes teachers are being exposed to this for the first time, and so they, they can get their minds around it, and then using their skills as teachers, they can convey it in an easy way uh, to, to students who, of course, have questions, but we want them to have questions. Again, we want to train the mind to think critically, because there are many other voices in society regard, uh, regarding the nature of the person, regarding uh, God making people male and female, regarding the nature of the family and its purpose and its destiny. And so we want to at least give our students the proper tools to be able to say, wait a minute, and to, to ask critical questions of what they're reading in the, uh, in, uh, in the newspaper or seeing, today kids don't read the newspaper so much, but uh, <laughs> watching on social media or on television or through live streaming uh, and, and listening to through podcasts. There has to be an alternative. And the church's message about the human person is truly good news. Absolutely. We're looking forward to seeing that enter into our schools this year and, and grow to fruition over the next few many years. So Bishop Fernandez, um, There are 17,000 students, 1,200 educators in our 52 schools, all heading back to school in the next two weeks. What message would you like to share with all of them? Well, I'd say coraggio, take courage. You know, uh, Jesus tells his disciples, take courage, it is I. Uh, He's with us. And so I think as, as we begin, that's the one, one thing. Sometimes you see in Catholic schools, there'll be posters of Jesus on a cross. They'll say, this teacher is in every classroom. 
And I think that's, that's the key, is to take courage and know that the Lord's with us on the journey. The Pope wants us to be a church that walks together. And we see that the priests and the deacons and the religious, as well as the school teachers and the parents and the children, we're all on the road together, uh, wanting our children to grow in faith. All of us want a, uh, our children to arrive at the destiny to which we walk, which is the new and eternal Jerusalem, which is heaven itself. At the beginning of the school year, I want to say, well, good luck, but I know that it's more than luck. God's blessing will be with you. I think one of the things, though, I'd like to say to parents is to be especially attentive to your children. It's one thing to send your child to a Catholic school. It's another thing to be committed to the child's education and formation outside of the classroom. As The teachers are excellent guides, but there's nothing more important than a parent putting the time and the extra effort in accompanying the child to help them to learn sometimes math or science or reading. When you can't read, the whole world is closed to you. But when someone shows you how to read, new horizons are opened up for you. When you're sad and you're down or if you lost hope, to be able to say a prayer with a child, teaching a child how to make the sign of the cross, the Lord's Prayer, praying the rosary, basic things, decorating the Christmas tree or a nativity scene, or doing the stations of the cross or coming to a parish fish fry. All those are important. But for our teachers and our parents, I'd say nothing's more important than Sunday Mass, encountering Jesus in the Eucharist, hearing his life-giving word, and being changed and transformed by it. Because he opens up new horizons so we can approach the material in the classroom differently and can be convert, where our hearts and minds are converted, and then we see things anew and we can appropriate the truth. To our teachers, I would say, take courage. You have a great example in Jesus of a teacher who was very creative. He would speak and teach directly to his apostles. They wouldn't get it. He would uh, teach them in parables. They would scratch their heads saying, is this for us or for everybody? Then he would explain it to them. He would never give up on them. One would betray him, another would deny him, but he never gave up on them. And I, I would say that to the teachers, never give up. You have a great vocation and a great calling, and God will give you your reward for shaping and forming these children and teaching them to walk in the ways of faith. The same thing to parents. Don't give up. I know you make a lot of sacrifices. It's worth every penny. I think about the sacrifices my parents made for me my brothers, and from a Catholic education in a poor Catholic school on the east side of Toledo, right near an oil refinery, from that family, we have three doctors, a lawyer, and a bishop. That's the opportunity that Catholic schools can provide when you have attentive parents and great teachers. I'm grateful for the experience I had in Catholic schools, and I certainly hope that teachers and parents and children, above all, have this great experience, because it's really an experience of God's love. That was, that's what makes us grow day by day. Said. Bishop Fernandez, thank you so much for joining me and for being our very first guest on this podcast. Thanks so much for having me. God bless you. Have a great year. May I ask for your blessing on all of our educators, students, families, and schools. Almighty and eternal God, we thank you for the gift of our Catholic schools. We ask that through this school year you pour out your Holy Spirit abundantly upon all school administrators, teachers, parents, and children. Your son knew what it was like to be a child in a home. Help our children to grow and to know that the church is always their home. Help them to have a good year, a safe year, a healthy year, and above all, a happy and joy-filled year. May they grow in knowledge of you so that they might love their neighbors 
and spread your love throughout our world. We ask this in all things through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. And may the blessing of Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit come down upon you and remain with you forever. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Bishop Fernandez. You have been listening to the first episode of Becoming Saints, the podcast for our Catholic schools. Our guest has been Bishop Earl Fernandez. New podcasts will come out twice a month on the second and fourth Fridays every month, both in audio and video formats. In the meantime, you can learn more about the schools in our diocese by visiting our website, education.columbuscatholic.org. While you are there, take a look at our tuition assistance page to learn more about our new Emmaus Road Scholarship Fund, an Ohio scholarship granting organization that allows you to turn your tax dollars into tuition assistance for students in need throughout our diocese. Donate through our website or at Emmaus Road Scholarship Fund. Thank you for listening today, and Bishop Fernandez, thank you for joining me. Lucky Land Slots, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.